Welcome to the Amherst Podcast. Join us as we go beyond underwriting to discover more about our people, culture, and history. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Michael Waters, and we're sitting here with Scott Hornsby and Chris Medina and Connor Fleury. Uh, this is going to be our episode five of the uh, Rely series, uh, and we're going to be going over leadership today. So, Scott, uh, welcome to Houston, and uh, tell us your title and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, for um, for including me in the in the podcast. Um, it's been... Uh, f- you know, with COVID, it's been difficult to get back and forth to Houston, but now it feels um, uh, feels a little freer, and it's nice to come back and see some faces in the office For and, sure. and and um, feel a little normal again. But um, yeah, it, it, how far do you want me to go back? I guess is my go to the beginning. Go to the beginning. Go to the beginning. Graduate University of Alabama. <laughs> Uh, took my first job at Birmingham with a company called Aetna, um, Life and Casualty. At that point, they had a PNC operation. Um, now it's just uh, medical. So um, did a couple of years there, moved to Hartford, Connecticut, to their home office for about four years. And then they moved me down to Atlanta. And that's really how I got to Atlanta. So I've been in Atlanta since 93. But specifically... Uh, the first part of my career was in um, ad- admitted okay. Uh, insurance, mm-hmm. okay, uh, with a property slant, most of it all property, and then I shot off and did some ENS things and and so forth, and that's really what led me here at Amherst. So I started in two thousand seven. Uh, worked for Scott Hansen at the time, oh, at our prior company Aspen, and when Scott took the job here. Gave me a call, said, I think you ought to come to Houston and check this out. I did, and um, gladly accepted the position and and took a move to Houston. So we were uh, we were here about five years and then moved back to open the Atlanta office in 2011. Nice. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's cool backstory because one of the things that's always asked whenever somebody is new to Amherst is, mm-hmm. who do you know? <laughs> how'd you get here <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, it, it's like rare it's like seeing like a, a unicorn if they're like oh I don't know anybody just, I don't know anybody. <laughs> like I, what yeah I asked the same question when I <laughs> see some who do you know and um, I knew the new guy Scott Hansen was a new yeah. guy so that's the only one I knew and came in and met Brian and all the folks and, and Sam when he was here and Dan and so forth and um, really felt like a family and the right place to be at the right time do you still talk to Scott Yes, yes, sir, I do. Super yep. cool guy. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yep. So this podcast, we're, we're encompassing leadership. It's the third pillar of the rely. Mm-hmm. Um, regards to that, what does leadership mean to you? In, like, not just in work, but even out of work. I think it means, and and let me lead this off by by no means, and am I, am I an expert on leadership? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody is. I think there's... Leaders out there that are that are naturally good. There are some that make themselves good, and there are some that just um, are are somewhere in floating in the middle yeah. or on the other side of that. So, to me, it's um, I run it down to some basics. I think it's consistency, and it's simply doing 
the work that you want others to do on your team. Right. I think you lead by example. Uh, you throw the ego out the door. Um, doesn't mean you can't be tough when you have to be tough, but you have to be empathetic, understanding, and uh, be willing to do the work that you're asking others to do on your team. Right. Yeah. That's what I, I yeah. talked to a lot of people about you trying to get like a, cause this is a, my first mm-hmm. time meeting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still pretty new to the company. So yeah. hopefully I'll meet you some more, but they were basically like, he leads by example. Like he's the guy, like you kind of <clears throat> want to look at and be like his decision-making, his attitude, skills, hard work. They all basically make him a leader. Nice to hear. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. He's kind of, he, they said you're kind of like a big brother. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, that's the guy you look to. Yeah. You know? And I was the I was the uh, youngest brother. Yeah, out of out of my crew. <laughs> so you're kind of like in that big brother role now. What mm-hmm. uh, what are some leaders that kind of helped mold you into the, kind of the person you are today? Well, and I mentioned Scott Hansen before. I'll I'll um, I'll mention him again because I've spent most of my career uh, under his leadership Mm -hmm. and Scott had a unique way. Scott didn't ask it. He didn't answer your questions. (laughs) What do you mean? You'd ask a question and he might give you a suggestion here or, or play both sides of the T bar. Here's, here's the negative of what you're thinking about. Here's the positive, but he never said do this. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really that's tough for a leader. It's because you know you want your team to do certain things and you want those behaviors. So you you have to resist saying, do it this way. There's lots of ways to do it. Mm-hmm. So it, it forced forced me to think on my own for myself, on my own feet. And um, you know, in all that mix too, I've lived in different places. We mentioned Hartford, Connecticut and moved here. We you, you know, that brings opportunity, that brings other people into the mix that you don't know and you get exposed to. And I think it's just the ability to take um, those experiences in and learn from them. Don't yeah. resist them. Just learn. You're not going to be right all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be wrong <laughs> yeah. a fair amount of the time. Yeah. 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 It's nice, like, being just an underwriting analyst, I can, like, take, I can kind of look at that and be like, go across my team, look at the underwriters, like, see how each of them work, and just kind of see, like, take all their knowledge, and I can kind of make my own way. I'm not, you don't have to do it, it's not black and white, there's, like, a little bit of gray area, but you can kind of see. Yeah, Yeah. I I think, in fact, um, the, the analyst position, you know, Depending on who you're working with, what, whether you're working with more than one underwriter, you've got to adapt to each of those, yeah, definitely. Each of those styles definitely. and that underwriter and those needs. I think it's one of the more difficult positions in the company. As an underwriter, you've got, you know, you've got your marching orders, you know, you've got to do this, you've yeah. got a budget, and this is the, the territory or the section that you're working on. Um, you go do it. But you guys have to adjust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think <laughs> and make it work. I've worked with so many underwriters. One of them 
that really I had to adapt quickly with was Mary Wagner. <laughs> Working with her, it was just like coming from, a, like she's a very tenured underwriter, you know. She's retired now and I miss her, yes. I miss her dearly. Yes. But she, she was on it, man. Her accounts were heavy. They are big. Yep. And she did things in such a way it was just like, sometimes you wouldn't understand her email, but it was like. She was shooting arrows straight in the middle of the board. It, it was brilliant it was once great. you figured it out. Yeah. Right? I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, Mary, like your mind's <laughs> running a million miles, but like you're hitting every checkpoint. It's, it's insane. Uh, yeah, it is interesting. Different personalities. And again, there's different ways to slice an onion. There's yeah. no wrong way. Just a bunch of different ways. Right. Yeah. Speaking of big accounts, national specialty, that mm-hmm. was kind of your specialty. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of lead national specialty? Well, it was it was essentially newly created when Scott and I started. I think Scott was hired to begin a, a national account presence for Amrisk. Um, I think we had a uh, the general property uh, team going very hot, and then we had some tech business, and we were kind of missing that big, large um, account stuff. So um, that was that was our. That was both of our backgrounds, essentially. Um, when I worked the first 10 years that I was in the business and I worked for Aetna Life and Casualty, um, there were multi-line underwriters. So underwriters doing more comp, liability, property. Yeah. Uh, I did a little of that, but I always threw most of my resources and most of my interest uh, into the property side. And, and I kind of started there became in charge of one of the forms and one of the one of the um, property intensive products in in that operation and I just liked it it's tangible property's tangible it's yeah. you, you can you can see it touch it feel it know what uh, <laughs> know what happens and um, I preferred that over um, the lawsuits and liability and, oh, and, and all that <laughs> kind of messy. yeah 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 long tail yeah how did you manage holding uh, like the such larger large accounts with national specialty and then you're also trying to grow our online product and also mm-hmm. our Quake uh, product. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that like a tough thing to handle? Or yeah, they were all they're um, they're I'll throw one other in there the the Snap product, the, okay. the oh, shared snap, and layered yeah. product as well. So I really had four I had four going concerns. Right <laughs> now, the Snap and the National Accounts mesh together fairly well. Um, but they're all new to me. Um, I'm not from California. Um, yeah. Wouldn't mind living there right. uh, as long as it doesn't shake and bake. But um, <laughs> you, you you have to learn fairly quickly of what 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 the needs are in the product and how the contracts um, evaluate what we're doing at the time. And it's a different set of metrics, so uh, it's still a learning curve for me. I can't, you know, I can't come in and say I'm I'm an expert at Quake Insurance. We have a very um, a relatively small team doing it, and um, we're we're working with a restricted capacity at this point. Mm-hmm. So we're we're not taking in a lot of new business and on the team right now. It, it, it's a it's very different than what we do in the core business online is 
you know, I, we've used this term in the past, we're the only game in town, it feels like. We, we right. were growing 30, 40% months, and, oh, wow. and then you next next thing you know, whoa, we're, <laughs> we're a little too large for the capacity in the contract we got. So, we've, so we, we took on writing measures to do that, very similar to what, you know what the general property team would do, or national accounts to to adjust the flow of business. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the online environment, and again, I won't take a lot of credit for for that online knowledge. Uh, I would give it to Kelly Krasowski oh, yeah. and the teams that um, and, and the and the guys that created the product, and now the um, the teams that are working to. Uh, to enhance or really replace the product with Risk Track 3. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. yeah. You don't have a lot of experience with these projects, but I mean, products mm -hmm. going into it. But basically, what you had is you had your just like bare bones underwriting. You have <laughs> yeah. like the basics down. Yeah. You can do it anyway. You can do it with our proprietary yeah, software. My, you can do it. Yep. Yep. I think anyway. if I think if you just get the, the basics, the fundamentals, they used to play <laughs> basketball, um, and they always went back to the fundamentals. Yeah. If you got those down, you can mold those into very different things um, off the court or on the court. And same thing, I think, in, in, in our world, in our yeah. insurance world, and, and the products we have. Right. So, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's kind of who you want to lead you, is somebody yeah. who, who has the basics down. They know they can tell you a wealth of knowledge, and mm -hmm. you can kind of find your own way, yeah. as you were saying earlier. But, but I've also said I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and and to me, you know, that's that's part of leadership too. If don't don't yeah. don't pretend. <laughs> if you don't know, fine, admit it. Probably ought to go try and find out. You know, at that point, but um, but there's two sides of that. Right? Definitely, yeah. So, how much premium would you say that you <laughs> put through Amrisk? Oh gosh, I, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're managing such a large book of business. I mean, I'll, I'll go with so that. Yeah. You know. I'm going to go with a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you stumped me on that okay. one. Yeah. <laughs> so you told me to ask that. <laughs> Somebody asked me that. I'm going to say that to him. Like, I'm going to say how many commas it had in it. Yeah. Let's just say with that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're – Chris has been with the company five years. I've been with the company yeah. one year. What yeah. advice would you give to us yeah. as, like, young insurance professionals uh, going into the future? Don't say no. Um yeah. If you see something uh, or if you're offered something, uh, an opportunity, say yes. And and that's how I live my career. And it took me to places I didn't necessarily want to move, right? Mm -hmm. I was willing to move, but didn't necessarily want to leave Atlanta, Birmingham, to yeah. go to Hartford. And, <laughs> and I'm glad I came to Houston, but... Um, but I still didn't want to leave Atlanta to come. But th those are those were opportunities, and I knew um, I knew that I would improve and better myself from those experiences. And um, so I, I I I was willing to do things that others weren't, and uh, I think that's a big part of of the learning the learning curve. Just yeah. be observant. 
Oh, yeah. observant. Yeah. So okay. when the opportunities come, just take them. Just yeah. take them. Uh, yes. Just take them. You may not know anything about it. I mean, I, you know, I, I still we, feel we like can... I don't know. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know anything about Quake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, That's great advice. Um, so just jump in. And you, and the the nice thing about Amherst, and I will say this of all the companies that that I've worked for, uh, the teamwork and the support system. Um, here is second to none. Uh, and I agree. You're you're going to have to go out and fail yourself before we let anybody fail. It, mm-hmm. It's just um, I think it's that tight. Hey, thanks for coming out. We really appreciate you taking your time out yep. of your day. Uh, have fun in Houston, and uh, glad to see you. Yeah, well, thank you. Nice, nice to see you guys as well, and appreciate the opportunity. Thank um, you, Scott. Have a great day. As always, thank you everybody for listening. If there are any questions you want to ask, please email us at podcast at Amherst.com. Also, go check out the FOMO forum on the Amherst Live website. Thank you.